Welcome to Pop Culture Roulette for all your pop culture needs. We're America's Podcast. I mean, obviously, my production value is way lower than yours. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, we all I, look. Mine, mine's not where I want it to be. We do what we can. So one of these days, we we keep talking about getting a soundboard, um, so we can have like sound effects or different like theme songs for our various segments. Right. But that might make us too polished, and well, that's just you know who knows yeah, if that's ever going to happen. I'm not really a big fan of the sound effects. Like I use mine for transitions, you know, stuff like that, but right. I don't like it where they just, they drop them in. I mean, I've listened, I used to listen to a uh, fantasy football podcast and they did it, but it wasn't, you know, it made sense where they put theirs. So what they weren't like overdoing it, like the yeah. old, old school morning radio stations where like every five well, seconds is a different. I think you said you, you used to, or you, you still do listen to Smodcast. Uh no, I mean I listened to Fat Man Beyond. That's about the oh, one okay. I listened to. The early days of Smodcast, he used mm-hmm. to have um, music tracks underneath mm-hmm. the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, and then finally, nuts. after a few, after I don't know how many episodes, he finally was like, "This is too much work." Well, right. one picking songs, and then two, like doing all the editing. So yeah. they, he actually hired somebody to go through and strip all the music out of all the old. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. before we get too much further, uh, obviously yeah. this week is a little bit uh, different. Uh, I'm joined by Tim Williams, uh, host creator of 80s flick flashback and a couple other things, but that's, that's mainly what he's, he's, he's doing. So why don't you give us a little background on, on what it is, uh, you do with 80s flick and 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 uh, maybe try to tell me exactly what movie views is compared to 80s flick flashback okay so movie views is how is would call the mother or the father or the parents of of 80s flick flashback so you know i used to i used to do movie reviews when i was in like middle school I was a big, you know, Siskel and Ebert fan. And, you know, I'd read reviews of movies, which is something I did. Uh, I, I had subscriptions to like Entertainment Weekly and stuff like that. So um, so as I and I liked English in high school uh, and somewhat in college until we both had a college course that ruined English for oh, yeah. everybody that went through <laughs> went through our school. But uh, so and then like as I, you know, in the last probably 10 years or whatever, uh, people knew me as being like a big, you know, movie buff. And they would ask me, Hey, what'd you think of this? What'd you think of that? And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start posting, you know, my movie reviews on social media. So I just do it on my normal, my normal Facebook, uh, you know, my personal Facebook account. But then, um, so then I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll just, uh, everybody was making pages and creating groups. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll just do this. And cause I was still, you know, getting like news and you know uh trailers and other people that were reviewing stuff and i said well i'll just so i created this group called movie views and just try to come up with a cool name the name came from like a one of those you know name generator uh 
websites? Like what, what are you trying to, you know, what do you want this thing to be about? And so that's how movie views uh, came about. And so I just started posting like movie reviews. And, and when I was living in Jacksonville, I was part of another movie Facebook group that were able to get like early screener passes for new movies. And there was a theater that was like 10, 15 minutes from my house. That was always like the theater where they did the free screeners. And so as I was beginning to do those more, I was like, well, I'm getting to see movies before, you know, before they come out. So then I can, you know, post my reviews a little bit earlier. And so, um, so we had that. And then me and Ron, who's a, a frequent guest on the 80s Fast Track podcast, uh, before Infinity War and Endgame came out, we were like, hey, let's start our own podcast because Ron was really big into podcasts. I had not really listened to any at that point. And he kind of got me and listened to some other podcasts. And so we decided to do this movie, movie podcast, not just about uh, Marvel movies, but that's how we were going to start. We were going to kind of ramp up to Infinity War by rewatching all the Marvel movies and, you know, then kind of doing our own little reviews of going back and watching them and then kind of leading up to Infinity War coming out. And so we did that. And then we started doing like any new movie that was coming out, we were trying to record it, but we figured we, our challenge was that most of the time we could only see the movie on Friday or Saturday because you weren't getting free screeners to any of the Marvel movies or like big, big movies. Um, so by the time we would actually get to see the movie, then have time to record and edit, it was coming out like the following week. So yes, it could be full of spoilers because that gives time people time to go see the movie. But we just then, then it just became a challenge with schedules. And then we moved from Jacksonville back to Atlanta and Ron was still in Jacksonville. So then that's before everybody knew what Zoom was. It was like, well, how are we going to do this? You know, two different places. So we kind of kind of let that fall away. But movie views, I was still keeping stuff active on the Facebook group and like probably the, so the pandemic hit in what February, March, it was probably like either December or January, you know, 2019, 2020, when I was kind of feeling real nostalgic and thinking about eighties movies. And so I started, you know, throwing out stuff on the movie views uh, page about, you know, hey, do you remember this movie? Do you remember this movie? And they got this huge reaction from a lot of people that were part of that group saying, oh, man, what about this? What about and they started just throwing out like these, you know, 80s movies they remember seeing as a kid. And so then when the pandemic hit, I was like, I started going back and trying to, you know, rewatch a lot of the 80s movies because there were no new movies coming out at that point. Nothing was at the theater. You know, there weren't, you know, everything was kind of being delayed and delayed, delayed. So yeah. I was like, man, maybe I should just, you know, do a podcast where I go back and watch. 80s movies and instead of having one set co-host just invite different friends of mine to come on and talk about movies um and it kind of came out i i've said this before one of the podcasts i listened to one podcast i don't think he's even around anymore that were doing 80s movies but it was by two millennials and they were dogging the 80s movies because they didn't understand they talked about cheese they were and i was like well you're you're seeing it from a different context. You're not seeing it as we saw it in the world in 1985. You're seeing it not knowing what the world was like in 1985. And so, so I, my, my original, original idea was to have me a Gen Xer with a millennial and kind of having our two perspectives on an eighties movie, uh, which I still do that a little bit now. Cause like Charlie, who's been on a couple, he's a millennial. He's, you know, he talks about it all the time, but he loves eighties movies. So, um, so it, that's what's kind of that's how it kind of all started was 
80s flick flashback then was just we're just going to talk about 80s movies and uh rotate the the co-hosts and uh we're we're about to wrap up the fourth season and uh still having a lot of fun with it well that's that's i mean all right so uh, what's your your favorite episode so far? Like, what's the the one you've had the most either fun or the just like the, the like even if you were like, well, this movie's not that great, but like it just ended up being like the best episode or not necessarily the best episode, but the one that you've enjoyed yeah. The most. Yeah, best and favorite are often you know enemies of each other. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say like one of my favorite all time movies is like well, I mean, obviously Better Off Dead, the one I did with you. Right. But um, like some of my favorite movies are not what I would call good. Great. Movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like Shawshank yeah. Redemption, while one of my favorite, one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. I can't watch that all the time. I right. can't sit down and watch Monty Python on the Holy Grail. Like, <laughs> right. You know, it's I've all seen, about rewatchability. Yeah. Right. I've seen Waterboy way more times than one really ought to admit <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Um, honestly, my favorite episode I've done so far has probably been my interview with Diane Franklin from better off dead. Um, because it's something that I had never, it, it was something I'd never done as far as like an interview and then to interview someone that I'd never met before. Like we met like at the beginning of that you know, podcast recording. So, you know, the nerves were there and I, I probably listened to like four other interviews with her, with other people, just trying to, you know, kind of know what, what kind of questions to ask and like what to stay away from, you know, kind of see what, you know, what's the one question she gets, she gets asked a million times. You don't ask the same question kind of thing. So uh, just the preparation for that one was so different. And, uh, and then she was such a, she was such a phenomenal guest that she was just, very uh down to earth very friendly you know just she was exactly what i expected her to be just a sweet person um and it just turned out to be a fantastic episode um but that's kind of like a you know it's not the norm episode so that's why i think that kind of stands out more than right. any, other, yeah. any others I, that uh, was but, a, that was a very interesting episode i mean i yeah. just for one i mean the man you managed to get diane Frankel, but two like <laughs> She shared some, like, I mean, obviously she lived through a lot of the movies that we love talking about. Right, right. She shared some stories that, like, were not, like, necessarily eye-opening, but really just kind of like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and she she even, you know, and what I loved about her is she's like, she's not someone that's going to, like, and it's in in her book, uh, which I bought her book, The uh, Excellent Comedy uh, or, you know, the book about the making of Better Off Dead. I'm, right. I'm butchering the title, uh, but you can find it on Amazon. And even in that, she's like, you know, it's not about spilling dirt or like talking about, you know, secrets and stuff like that. It's just this was the experience. And so which I thought was really cool that that's her. That's just her heart. She didn't want to talk bad about anybody. And even the things she said she shared were people that we may not know a whole lot about their personal life. And she didn't dig that much into their personal life, but still, you know, showed us a side of them that we would not have known unless she had told us, which I thought was really, really special and cool about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was, and I do, I do hope that you do get a chance to get her back on yeah, for, Bill and, yeah. for, for Bill and Ted, like she said she would, but yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows if that was just her being nice or, or, well, yeah, I actually, I reached out to her cause we're doing, we're doing a big panel for back to the future, as you know, uh, right. which will be coming out. Uh, really soon. And 
uh, I reached out to everybody that's ever been on the podcast to say, hey, if you want to do a little soundbite about it. And she re- and I was like, I'm going to send it to her. If she, if she doesn't respond, no big deal. But she responded back and just like, I really want to, but I'm really swamped right now. I can't do it. And I was like, that is no problem. Just the fact that you responded back to my email, you know, <laughs> speaks volumes of who you are as a person. So it's no problem at all. So I, you know, I think if her schedule allows, then I'm sure I hope that she'll be able to do it. Um, but, you know, that, that seems to be, you know, kind of her you know, her well, personality, her MO. Yeah. I mean, you're a working actor. I'm sure you're at the whim yeah. of whatever, whatever project you're on. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, what would be your favorite eighties movie you haven't done yet? Ooh. Um, like the, well, there, yeah. I was going to say, well, that's cool. Cause I've got some that are coming up next season that I'm really excited about. Um, so rain man is one that I'm excited about doing. Cause uh, I was a big fan of Rain Man with Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman, but I have not watched it in probably 25 years. So I'm looking forward to see, to watching that again as an adult and then kind of seeing it through different different eyes. And then then well, there's a few then uh, and then I'm looking forward to doing The Untouchables, Kevin Costner, which has been one of my been on top of my favorites uh, 80s movies for a while. We haven't covered that one yet. And what's surprising is I have not done a Tom Hanks movie yet, <laughs> which is amazing. I mean, that I'm is amazing. If, yeah. I haven't thought of that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I think we're going to do big uh, next season. Uh, and of course, like I have other big, you know, the money pit bachelor party uh, splash. Like he has such a great, you know, plethora of eighties movies that we just haven't even like I've done when I've done three Chevy Chase movies now and I haven't done one Tom Hanks, I'm like, I've got to, I've got to balance the scales now and, yeah. and do, and do some, some Tom Hanks movies. So, so those are a few, but there's, there's a lot. And it's so funny because I just, you know, thinking about eighties movies, like, Oh yeah, you know, 10 or 20 maybe, but as like, we've, we're in the fifties now of movies we've done and we've got another 50 more and probably still be like, Oh, we haven't done this one yet. Oh, we haven't done that one yet. So uh, do you do you have any set way of like deciding or is it just because I know like when I did the episode of Bloodsport with you, it was because it was kind of like in the news again because of Cobra Kai. Yeah. But is I mean, when it mm-hmm. comes, I mean, I know. And also the Friday the 13th ones are right, kind of set right. on on when that one's happening. And yeah. you're going to you're going to run out of those soon. But you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good or bad. I'm a planner like I that's just my that's that's just how I do things. Like I plan stuff out in advance. So like I've already got season five, which is basically from July to December of 2022 kind of planned out, but I, I plan and then I plan to be spontaneous. In other words, like I have it set, but if something comes up, like becomes really popular or I, you know, kind of get a wild hair or, you know, Hey, let's do this movie. Then I'll, I'm, I, I give myself freedom to adjust the schedule. What I try to do is, you know, for the most part, I try to do things by season and movies that make me feel like I'm in that season. Like now we're in summer. So um, like we just did Bull Durham. I usually do a baseball movie in like late spring going into summer. So we've done Major League. We did Field of Dreams. We just did Bull Durham. So this time next year will probably be like the natural or eight men out. And then I'm going to run out of baseball movies at that point. Uh, Uh, No, (laughs) there are a ton. I mean, well, 
I was about to start listing them, but I'm pretty sure those are actually all 90s movies. <laughs> yeah, there's was, more. There's more uh, 90s and 70s movies, I think. So yeah, yeah, they're because you might be able to do one of the Bad News Bears movies. Um, one of the bad sequels. Yeah, one of the one of the <laughs> not good ones. Um, yeah. But all right, so when you're, I mean, obviously your podcast is a, was definitely more family friendly than mine. True. Um, this is true. <laughs> um, how do you handle that? Like when you're choosing the movie, like because you've done a couple of the Friday the Thirteenth, yeah, and and the first Vacation. You haven't done European yet that I can remember. No, we haven't. Yeah, okay. we, well, we we jumped to Christmas Vacation because I do well, Christmas yeah. movie. I do like Thanksgiving movies, Christmas movies. There's not many Thanksgiving right, movies, yeah. but like Christmas so, movies. I mean, I'm yeah. sure just because you'll get the European vacation at some point. I mean, nobody's yeah. really asking for it, but no, they're not. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, like a, the 80s also is kind of known for its not necessarily, well, I guess for lack of a better word, it's raunchiness. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I know there's a few that I've requested that might be a little bit more on the risque side. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it is tricky. Like when we did, uh, me and Bethany did When Harry Met Sally. And it's like, and not that that's, a, that's not really a, a raunchy movie, but the premise of that movie is can a man and woman be friends without having sex with each other? And it's like, okay, well, we're going to talk about this in a family friendly way. How do we really have that kind of discussion, which we did, but it still felt kind of weird at times. So, yeah, I mean, we think, I think about movies like I talk about Bachelor Party and like that one probably is not very high on the list of ones that we'll cover. Uh, just because like, how do you really talk about that movie without getting into some really kind of raunchy stuff in that? But I am talking to adults and honest, to be honest, my demographic is older. So I'm not, I'm not really worried about, you know, kids necessarily listening to it. Right. Uh, but it's just, you know, um, but I try to keep it clean uh, well, as, much, as much as I can. To, just to modernize it a little bit here. I am of the firm belief that you can do Deadpool PG-13. Right, right. I it's going to take a smarter writer. Right. You can do it. Right. I think mo like I don't necessarily know if Alien versus Predator should have been PG-13. <laughs> yeah. But I I am, you know, cuz I know that there's been a big push of like Deadpool should only be rated R. Well, mm -hmm. I, you can do because you look at some well, the 80s is a bad example because then PG-13 didn't exist until about halfway through. Um, right, right. But even PG-13 then was a lot more lenient than PG-13 is now. Right. Uh, Doc Hollywood. Um, <laughs> Back to school. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> why but, do we remember these things? Because <laughs> we were teenagers when they came yeah, out. That's why. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> our, our blockbuster existed, and that's when we were teenagers. And right, those, right. Those were the movies that Blockbuster had. Um, right, that we could check out without a parent's permission. Right. Um, but it, it is a matter of, of, like, I think that it's possible to do some of that and stay PG-13. You just have to be more creative. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, obviously, so when it comes to when I do your podcast, I have to be better at my words than I choose, than I have to be. And right. unfortunately, I can be. And I, I, it's a world that I know how to live in. I went mm -hmm. to the same college that you went to. Right, um, right. But I have found myself in the construction industry, so I don't necessarily, <laughs> I don't necessarily have, I don't necessarily spend my day living in that world. Right, so, right. Yeah. Um, 
Now, obviously, there's not going to be any time that you run out of 80s movies anytime soon. I mean, there's a 10 year with several hundred movies a year. Yeah. So you probably won't. And, and I won't some, cover I won't cover all of them either, just because right, some, some just don't just, don't don't des- don't deserve <laughs> an hour worth <laughs> discussion on them. Probably. Do you think you'll ever decide to like? Because I know like uh, Empire Strikes Back, one of the first ones you did was uh, not necessarily the greatest when it comes to audio quality. I mean, yeah. it, was, it, was, yeah. it was a good episode, but. You know, are you we ever had some try issues. To go, yeah. are you ever gonna try to go back and redo some of them or you just you think yeah you know, once it's done, it's done moving on? That is actually something that I've really thought about here recently because I think the quality of the episodes have gotten better, especially sound wise and then format wise too. I think it's I think I think my format has started to take shape a little. I mean, my format hasn't changed that much, but just transitions and introductions and, you know, some of the editing that I, that I do now, I didn't do much editing when I first started and, and I edited through the app that I had without really editing for lack of a better term. So um, I have thought about like one thing I'm really considering doing before I start season five is I'm thinking about going back to season one and like doing like an intro for all those episodes just to say, hey, thanks for coming back and listening to one of our archived episodes. Please understand we were beginning. There's a lot of, you know, there's great content, but just look past the audio and some of the, you know, technical things that we can't go back and fix. But I have thought about, you know, at some point, do I want to go back and redo some of those movies with better quality? Um, and that's kind of like, I kind of weighing both of those options. Do I want to go back and do them or I just want to, maybe create like once I get to season five, does then season one become an archive season where people just know, you know, that's, you know, it's not the same quality. It's not the same, you know, it's kind of like going from, uh, from VHS to DVD, like season five is DVD sharp quality. And like, if you still want to watch the VHS, Hey, the quality is not great. And you may have a few like lines go up and down, you know, and the, the audio may get warbled a little bit, the movie's still there. So uh, yeah, those are the kind of things that I still, I probably spend way too much time thinking about <laughs> as I look at the future of the podcast. Well, yeah, I know I get accused of spending more time with my podcast than I ought to, and I really don't do all that much with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I know I had, so, I, I know with the, the back to the future thing, you're, you're cheating a little bit because the third one was technically what? 90, 1990. Yeah. 1990. Um, do you think maybe going forward you'll flirt with that line a little bit more either side of it maybe like sneak in like new hope or or just a you know because you obviously can do return of the jedi and empire strikes back but can't do star wars yeah right you can't you know maybe just gonna be like "Eh, we're gonna fudge a little bit and do it this (laughs) one just just so we can get the set yeah i mean now that the podcast is a little bit more established I think I have that liberty to kind of make some of those changes or make some of those decisions. Like I've thought of, you know, there's some great nineties movies that I'd love to cover. And so I've thought about, you know, maybe, you know, one season, you know, for like a month or do like some bonus episodes of like, Hey, I know it's not eighties, but we really love this movie. So we're going to talk about it. And so kind of like a a special edition, special nineties edition or special seventies edition or something like that. So, so yeah, those, those are fun and creative things that, that we may, may look at doing in the future for sure. Cause I mean, I, I would love to do point break. I would love to do tombstone. 
you know, and going back to the 70s, A New Hope, we didn't do the first Superman. We did Superman 2, but we couldn't do Superman 1 because it came out in 78, you know, uh, right. movies like that, especially that you got sequels. We didn't do Alien. We did Alien. So to go back and do some of those uh, that we've done the sequels of, I could, you know, I want to do Rocky 4. I can do Rocky 3, but I'd have to go back to the 70s to do Rocky 1 and 2, I think. Uh, Rocky one, Rocky one for sure. I don't know. Yeah, about Rocky I can't remember. I remember Rocky two was seventy nine or eighty, but yeah. So, so those kind of things. So, yeah, that's definitely something that you know uh, I would like to to look at doing in the future for sure. So, because I mean, I we constantly say you know spoilers, or we set you know <laughs> we set you know at the very beginning of our podcast. Listen, we're going to talk about whatever we're going to talk about, right? And right. sometimes it might spoil. Sometimes we spoil stuff for each other. um um, but i mean i guess that would that's kind of the nice part about doing a a 80 centric uh, podcast you're not spoiling anything because well first off you're actively choosing to listen to an episode about the movie that you are very clearly like this is when harry (laughs) met sally so you know like if you haven't seen it like it's in the title like right right um, so we, we find we find ourselves saying way too often at the towards the end of an episode. If you haven't seen this movie, you really shouldn't. Like, well, if you've listened this far, right? I'm sure you've seen it already. So, right? You know, because I'm about I think eight episodes shy of, of having listened to all of them yet. Because okay, they're just like um, movies you haven't seen yet. Movies I haven't seen or I haven't seen in so long. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Like, you know, like some somehow I've never seen Bull Durham. Oh yeah. Well, hey. I don't. I don't yeah. know how I've never seen that movie. Yeah. I just. I haven't. Um, and you'll love it. I already know. Right. You'll, you'll really like it. Um, I mean, I. I mean, I do. I like Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. and I like baseball. So yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, and he has Kevin Costner has done a number of really good baseball movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Feel the Dreams. Uh, but for love of the game, which you'll never get to because it's '90s, right? Uh, late '90s at that is yeah. uh, is really good. It like, is really good. I watched that for the first time a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I rented that one when I was when we were still in college. Um, but I just I remember like just kind of being blown away by like how good it was and like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, definitely underrated for sure. But uh, uh, have you? I mean, this is just not apropos of nothing because we're talking about star wars have you had a chance to watch obi-wan yet yes i watched okay. the first two episodes already um i was i really enjoyed it i thought it was yeah. amazing um because it just happened i'm not we're not going to get too far into it uh, just so you know whatever um <laughs> but the one thing that i've been bothered by from the two episodes and and it's not anything about the episode itself because both of the episodes i thought were really good and i'm very curious to see going forward but i had to do some research into the time frame of the movie right from the right. end of uh attack of the clones mm-hmm. to the beginning of obi-wan to the beginning the, of to the beginning of new hope you mean the end of uh revenge of the sith revenge of the sith okay yeah, yeah that's right attack yeah. of because it went attack of the clone clone wars of revenge of the sith right yeah okay right. It, sometimes yeah. it's hard to keep. It's just, and now that there's so much more, it's like, wait, yeah. where does Mandalorian go? Bubble Fett right. goes here. Yeah. Wait, no, wait. yeah, they keep jumping timelines. I'm like, oh, I can't wait, keep up. Bad Batch looks... is back over here. Wait, uh, right, right. And now with this Andor series starting, like, yeah. Um, it it's I I mean, 
Ewan McGregor is a fantastic actor. I've, mm-hmm. you know, very rarely has he ever been the problem in a movie. True. Um, but the difference between uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, Alec McGinnis <laughs> in very great, very big, right? And there should only be, from what I can tell, about a 10-year gap between the end of this season mm-hmm. and the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Obi-Wan ages a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I was, I, and what, don't, I guess it never dawned on me throughout the repeated viewings is that Leia, I guess, is only 18 or 19 at the beginning of New Hope. A New Hope. So that would yeah. obviously make Luke the same age. I mean, I guess that under explains the whininess, but yeah, but she always seemed older than him, right? Yeah, and and you know, because I mean, she's a ten-year-old in in this, mm-hmm. and then you know, she's one of the first people we see in A New Hope, and mm-hmm. you're like, wait, hold on, like I always just fig picture fig, picture her as much older, like in her mid late twenties, early thirties, you know. And now, mm-hmm. like, we're finding out that she's, you know, 18 or 19. Right. So hey, that's just, you know, I, you know, just we were talking about Star Wars and I needed to talk to somebody about it. So <laughs> I'm from here for that. That I could help. All right. But yeah, I agree um, with you. I agree with you. There's I mean, yeah, timelines is always going to be interesting when you're doing those kind of shows. And so, you know, it yeah, take it for what it is and enjoy it and try not to think too much about it because it will kind of ruin the experience for you. If you, if you spend too much time thinking about it. Well, and I think that's what, I mean, I enjoyed the clone wars cartoon after I got past the initial animation, and mm-hmm. that animation style grew on me, but like you realize like they were shoving a lot of stories on top of each other. Or like this story was happening over here. Well, this, you know, kind of concurrently happening. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the fact that that entire series was taking place in between two and three. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now that they've got bad batch going where that's happening, basically like kind of, set, and I think bad batch is really, uh, it's, although it's animated, so people aren't going to take it seriously, setting a really good example of the future of what star Wars can do mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's doing a story at the same time, the main storyline is happening over in that movie. Right. Just in another part of the universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and I think I think that's what this other this other new series that they just dropped the trailer for um, is, you know, Andor, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's what they're that's what we're going to see. Um, so I'm really kind of curious to see what's going to happen with the with the Soka mm-hmm. series, mm-hmm. because clearly she went off and did whatever in between right. the end of Clone Wars, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And then when she shows up again in the Mandalorian, which is taking place after, you know, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So and I'm curious to see what, you know, like, so there's, we don't have to stick with the Skywalkers. Right? right, right. Which I think would be a good thing to kind of do something different. Right. So that, I mean, I think that, that, that uh, the Bad Batch clearly was setting the, the foundation for that. And they're going to be able to go off of that instead of just keeping building on the same storyline storylines right that'll that'll be interesting to see what happens there yeah i mean i'm i'm gonna watch it regardless (laughs) because i'm (laughs) i'm too invested at this point i mean you know my entire life has been star wars like i remember like we talked about in the episode 
I saw Empire Strikes Back first in the theater and then saw Star Wars on HBO, you know, afterwards. So I didn't even see it in order when I when I watched it. But I but at the same time, I was like I played with the Star Wars toys. I mean, that was. I was probably borderline obsessed with Star Wars toys as a kid. Like those are the only toys that I played with. And my sister still tells a story of she would come home from school because I got home from school before she did. And because they would play Star Wars so much on HBO as a kid, she said she she came into the living room and I was sitting like two feet away from the TV, like saying all the lines of dialogue with the movie because I had seen it so many times. And my, my sister was like, there's something wrong with my brother, you know, so uh yeah, I, I didn't get into the toy. I really did like the movies. I want to say, if memory serves, and, you know, obviously trying to remember from, you know, <laughs> that long ago, because right. I was born in 78. So Return uh, Empire Strikes Back was the second one, and that was Correct. 82? It was 80. 80? It was 1980. 1980, okay. Yeah, Return of the Jedi was 83. Okay. Empire Return- was 80. Return yeah. of the Jedi is the first movie I remember seeing in the theaters. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have been five, you know, which is probably not true. I don't know if my, and it's also, <laughs> it also makes me question my father uh, for taking me to see Return of the Jedi at five years old. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My first movie in the theater was the Muppet movie that I remember is the Muppet movie, which came out in 78. So I would have been four when that came out. Yeah. Cause uh, so, I also, I mean, I'm guessing in your area, because you, you were born in the Baltimore area. I was born in North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. In in the Memphis area where I where I grew up, I was born in Arizona, but there was a big drive-in theater. And I distinctly remember my parents taking me and my sister to go see drive-ins all the time because they could pack the car full of snacks. And right. It was oh, yeah, way, yeah. Even then, it was way cheaper because you can get yeah. two movies for the price of one. Mm-hmm. More than likely, my sister never was were awake for the second movie. <laughs> right. So, Look, um, I was in college when I went to a drive-in, <laughs> and I wasn't awake for the second movie most of the time. Um, but I remember going to see a couple of the Muppet movies, and obviously not the first one, but like the mm-hmm. later ones uh, in the drive-in. And that could have been like maybe even like special engagements of like, we're re-showing the movie. Come to yeah. the drive-in. You know? Right, right. But yeah, but Return of the Jedi, that's, if memory serves me, that's the first movie I remember seeing the commercial on TV and memorizing the date that it was coming out because I wanted to see it the day it came out. And I remember it was, I remember being released on a Wednesday, which I thought was weird because I thought movies came out on Friday. Well, and normally you're right, but when they have a big movie like that, yeah, yeah, and, and that, you know. I mean, I know, and this is where timelines get confusing because I don't remember when ET came out. Uh, eighty-two. So eighty. That's eighty-two so, or eighty-three. Around so the, yeah, around the same time. I so if if ET came out before Return of the Jedi, I saw ET in the theaters mm-hmm. a couple of times because I remember right. like my parents taking me. Like I really loved it, so they like they took me back to the theater. Yeah, um, but uh. But you got to remember too. Back then, movies would stay in the theaters for like six months to almost right. a, like a movie like ET was probably in the theater for ten, if not twelve months. So yeah. it's very possible that you saw Return of the Jedi first and then saw ET second, even that though ET may have come out in the theater, well, maybe released was, first. And that was back when I mean, 
when you would have to look at the paper to see right. what was playing where and like you know now like every movie theater is playing the same movie basically right you right know? where then there was like oh well these the movie theater at the mall is only playing these four movies the movie theater over here is playing these four you know? yeah and as i say you only had most you know in small towns a theater would maybe have two screens yeah, you know, it was a big deal if you had like four or six. I mean, now they're 15 and 24 uh, movie theaters. So, but, you know, back then, like I remember most of the movie theaters, I remember going to going to see a movie. And when I was a kid was maybe four, maybe a six. Uh, but yeah, like I remember like there was a, uh, we, we lived in Maryland, but that was military. We lived in Fort Meade. They had a movie theater on base, but it was just a single screen movie theater. And so, uh, and they would, but it, you would run like a movie for the weekend. So, but it was, no, it was always like movies that had been out for, for a while. Like back when they saw dollar movies where you go see a movie for a dollar or $2, it was kind of those, but like, I, I, there's, I saw Robocop in that movie theater for the first time. So, I mean, I didn't see when it first came out. I mean, I saw, uh, Caddyshack too. Not that I want to brag about that one, but, uh, but I saw a lot of, in a lot of movies that were not necessarily like, you know, blockbuster movies, because they would play during, they would have like lesser movies on during the week. And then the more like, you know, blockbuster quote unquote movies ran like Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, like twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I remember, well, it was even up until college in my, my parents' part of town where they, they live in a town right outside of DC mm-hmm. um, where they still had um, movie theaters at the mall. Like that, oh, was, yeah. that used to yeah. be where the movie theater was. Exactly. For, oh yeah. Growing yeah. up, like you had to go to the mall, so mm-hmm. like you would go get some shopping done, see a movie, maybe get dinner, and then <laughs> food you know, court. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know. Got to get that orange Julius and Sparrow pizza before the movie Absolutely. starts. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into some of the, the slightly weirder side of things. Um, <laughs> we haven't been weird already. Oh well, no. Come on now. Um. Can't it can't be where is it here? Ah, here we go. Okay, so we're already there. All right, so um, well, not not getting weird yet. But what feeds you? Like, what you know? What do you? What keeps you going? Like when you're consuming, you know, pop culture, or, or you know, what inspires you? I guess. Um, that's a good question. Um. Well, I mean, what keeps me going is, is my faith. I mean, that's, you know, I know this isn't that type of podcast, but I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. So I got to, I got to hold on to, 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 you know, to, to my faith and, and that good, good eventually will prevail uh, at some point. (laughs) Oh, you're a hundred percent right. And it's it's something I don't, I don't talk about often enough. You know, I I know I should do a better job of of talking about it or bringing it up, but I, right. Yeah. So, but as far as like pop culture, like the things that inspire me is uh, I love good writing, um, you know, a great story, a great, you know, great storytellers, you know, you can be amazed by, you know, special effects. You can be amazed by, uh, you know, the technical things in movies, but if the story doesn't, if I don't feel immersed in the story, then it doesn't, it just that doesn't inspire. And I like movies that inspire me that, that do show hope that do show, you know, good prevailing over evil, or at least are inspiring you to be better, inspiring you to want to be better of being encouraged by the actions of others. Um, 
you know, those kind of things. So, um, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think I definitely get where you're coming from. And this is my bag on Zack Snyder segment that happens in most podcasts. <laughs> I will say that's where like sucker punch fails miserably mm-hmm. because it looks gorgeous. It is an right. incredible right. looking movie. Right. You know, cinematography, everything looks mm-hmm. great. It's empty. Like, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. screen, like the script is so threadbare. Mm-hmm. They're like it's just mm-hmm. it's just a terrible movie yeah. where um i just went and saw not too uh, in the last couple of weeks uh a little I, I don't know how independent it is uh it's called uh everything everywhere all at once yeah i've been hearing a lot about it i haven't um, seen it yet it's really good Re- right about that's about here. 25 to 40 percent subtitled okay so you know be prepared um right i was i was so i wasn't um it's a little confusing, but it sits with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one of those, like, I'm going to need to see it a second time to mm-hmm. really soak it all in. Right. Right. Because, like, I feel like there was a big plot there. I just need to see it a second time to think, make sure I understood mm-hmm. what, it, what it was happening. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like thinking about movies. Like, I'm, I love the 80s movies and I've been, I enjoy watching the movies, 80s movies, but a lot of them, at least, you know, and I, I say a lot of them, but a lot of times I'm watching 80s movies just for the nostalgia factor. Like I'm not going in for the story and for the storytelling, but there are great storytellers. Like I still say Steven Steven Spielberg is probably one of the greatest film storytellers consistently can make a great movie purely by how he can tell a story and how he can make you feel a part of that story. Um, but I'm about to, I'm, I'm, I do a thing on my Laramie got me into it. It's a, it's a website that you, I wish it was an app, but it's a website called flick chart, F L I C K C H A R T. And it's basically like, it helps you build like your top, your favorite movies. And so it does, it pops up two different movies and you click which one is better. And the more you do, it creates a list of, you know, your top, your number one, number two, number three movie based on how it, how you rate it against another movie. And so I've been doing that for, you know, I guess a year now. So I have a pretty extensive like list. And so I thought it was like, I'm going to go back and watch the top 20 movies I have listed because some I have and some I'll like is it'll, it'll ask you like you have two movies pop up. It'll say, you know, this one or this one or I haven't seen this one or haven't seen this one, haven't seen both. So like you don't vote for ones you haven't seen. Just if you say I haven't seen this one, it'll it'll keep the one you've seen up and then it'll it'll recycle or you know uh refresh into another movie and so you put two that you've seen together but there's a lot of movies that pop up and I'm like i know i've seen that but it's so long ago i don't know how to rate it if i know if it's better than this by going right. off of memory so there's a lot okay. that i haven't rated um, but anyway but but yeah but so I, i'm good i feel like you've just handed me my new obsession <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's right that's kind of how it happens yeah <laughs> And you can do it by like decade. Like I've got a 20, I do like, I'll do like an eighties group where you just do by the decade or you can do like all time. Uh, so it's pretty cool. So yeah, definitely check it out. But so I've been thinking about for the month of June, which I'm thinking about doing is I'm going to go back and rewatch my top 20 and see, do these still belong in my top 20 movies? But going back and looking at that list, those are movies that have stuck with me because they have inspired me. They have like, they're not only are they my favorite movies, but some of them are really great and well done movies like Inception is on there and Shawshank Redemption and uh, Jerry Maguire, 
uh, Rain Man, you know, movies that, you know, A Few Good Men, 12 Angry Men, like I love courtroom drama, so those are on there a lot. Um, you know, not a lot of Marvel movies in my top 20, <laughs> amazingly enough, because they're fun movies and they're rewatchable, but they're not going to stand up against a Braveheart or a Gladiator. And what I, yeah. I re- and what I realized is that there's not a lot of movies that have come out in the last probably 15, you know, 15, maybe 20 years on that list. Like most of them are 80s, 90s. There's a few in the 2000s on there. Uh, but it's fun. I mean, and once again, it's like, you know, you're not you're not competing with anybody. You're just like this. I'm just making my own list of what I think is my favorite movie. So, right. I, for a little while, I was I, and not you know, like you said, not competing against anybody, but just doing it for my own, you know, self torture uh, mm-hmm. going through going through the imdb top 100 or top 150 yeah and and like either trying to r- rate every movie that i've seen or go okay the top 10 have i seen them all i <laughs> right. haven't seen that one i need to hunt that one down yeah 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 um, i've thought about doing those lists you like the the hundred movies you should see before you die kind of list because i know there's a bunch of movies on there yeah. that are like older movies that I, i've never sat down to watch that would probably be good to watch uh but like for where I am right now, I, w- I think I want to revisit some movies than solely doing movies I haven't seen. I may mix it up a little bit. I may kind of do my 20 and then pepper in a few that uh, would be on somebody else's top 20 that I've never seen. So, All right. Well, I feel I feel like you maybe have already answered this question. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, we, we ha- I don't have a definitive answer. Uh, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Okay. That's why as far I, as I, as far as movies. Yes. Marvel. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, there's a whole nother conversation for comics, mm. but you know, that's for me and probably Laramie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which gets much nerdier and much more in depth, but, <laughs> but, uh, okay. Um, hey, you, you can't say Hitler because it's been taken and it's, it's boring. <laughs> yeah. I know this question was coming up. Go ahead. But if you could wedgie anyone in history, <laughs> Who would it be? If I could wedgie anyone in history, who could it be? It can't be Hitler. Um, Man, that's a good question. Um, I I purpose not to hate anyone. Uh, And I really say that. And I really say because I don't like I don't like like hate is such a strong word. Well, Uh, and that's and that's why I purposely chose wedgie, not kill. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so you so know. you're 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 hurting them and you're embarrassing them. You're not you're not right. maiming them. Um, right. I mean, you are ruining their day, but you know. Um. Oh man, that's really tough. I you know I I, know, I knew this question was coming and I didn't prepare for it. That's that that's shame on me. Um, and maybe because it's so many people. How do I, how do I narrow it down? <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh man. Uh, I have no personal vendetta, so it's nobody that's personal. Um, man, I really don't know. Uh, I, I, there's, there's a part of me that says, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's like a group of people. And I don't mean that by like a a nationality or a race or thing. I'm like, like, you know, online trolls, like, or people (laughs) that use robots to like spam, you know, social media or spam our email so that like the like those people are like you know the scum of the earth like if i can okay. give them all a w- if i give them all a wedgie that that's that's probably the top of my list right now it's like you know i i get so much junk you know you know having a podcast and trying to be current with social media 
I get so much junk in my, uh, not my DMs or anything like that, but like, you know, people that'll like, I'll see somebody like something of mine that I look to see who it is. And it's some spammer trying to get you to, you know, click on this link to go here. Yeah. And I'm like, why? And then I block, I, I report them and I block them and two more pop up the next day. It's like, there is no end to, to them because it's just, it's just a robot. That's just trying to scam people. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I mean, you know, it's your question to answer how you that's, want that. That's but my answer. You, Not a great answer, did, but his answer. You did. You did bring, I, I would, I would like to wedgie all the people who are ruining the star Wars fans. Good name right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there used to be a day when it was being a Star Wars fan was like that made you something different, made you cooler mm-hmm. because the Star Trek fan was the jerk. <laughs> like they were the ones who were always like, oh, you don't touch my rah, rah, rah. right, so, right, right. Um, and now we've devolved past them. Yeah, it depends you know, on who you ask, though. I mean, there's still a lot of cool Star Wars fans. There are. And I mean, there were always a lot of cool Star Trek fans, too. Yeah. It was just, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the, I think Star Trek maybe got past that point of where they were, you know, before the internet. And now, they, yeah. you know, they don't have the same. Although I have a feeling the next time they do a Star Trek movie, then they do something similar to what Star Wars has done. Those people will come out of the woodworks there. Too, oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but. give it time. But I was going to say, like, even with Star Wars, Star, the only Star Wars fans that bother me are the Star Wars fans that can't see any negativity in a star wars thing you know what i'm saying it's like you know i understand you want to be committed and you want to be you know a diehard fan but you you have to recognize there there are issues oh yeah and there there are things that could be done better but even 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 to say that i have enjoyed at some level every star wars thing i've seen you know because there's some element of it that tickles that nostalgic piece of that's very star wars what they did right there and so if it has that then i'm i'm cool there's a lot of stuff that i don't like but that stuff is cool like there are definitely parts of phantom menace i don't like but having rewatched it like if you can cut out one entire character right (laughs) you know that's not a bad movie right i mean there's not there's some bad acting Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of good stuff in it yeah, I liked the Last Jedi. I know a lot of yeah. people hate oh, yeah, it, yeah. but I yeah. like. I mean, there was about a 20-30 minute section in the middle of the movie that kind of really dragged it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But overall, I I thought that new trilogy that they did was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I do. There are things where you're like, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, and that was one thing. One of the hardest things about the new trilogy is expectation not being met. And you can't let your expectation not being met make you crap on a movie because right. it's not the movie's fault that it didn't meet your expectations. Well, and so that's why a lot of like I, I remember talking about this back when Last Jedi, I didn't like Last Jedi when it first came out, but then I waited like six months when it came on video and even still waited to like a, a little bit later. I was like, I want to go back and watch this without the all of the pressing expectation of it being this, right. what it should, what I think it should be. And just seeing the movie as it is. And I enjoyed it a lot more that way. Well, and I've talked about it multiple times on, on pop, you know, on the regular pop culture roulette. Mm-hmm. When they make the announcement for the movie, when they say, Hey, we're going to be working on it. Mm-hmm. The fans get online and start writing. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. So when, when, Phantom Menace happened, not Phantom Menace, when Force Awakens happened, 
Mm -hmm. It's not what the fans wrote. Right. Like it's something different. I quite enjoyed what the what yeah. what JJ Abrams and all that did. Yeah. Over what the fans had written. But mm -hmm. they were all mad about it because how dare you? Because they had written what they thought was the perfect movie. And right. you know, as a collective group, you know, all over mm -hmm. whatever social media. And so they hated it. But then Last Jedi came out and then they hated that even more. So now mm -hmm. all of a sudden Force Awakens was great. <laughs> You know, and then so now last Jedi, and then you know Rise of the Skywalker comes out. Now we hate that. Last Jedi is actually pretty good, right? You know, and the same thing happened with the the prequel trilogy, where it was like for the longest time, like those were those were horrible. They were terrible. Mm -hmm. They were a joke. They mm -hmm. how dare you ruin my childhood? <laughs> um, and now people are like, oh man, those movies were great. Mm -hmm. Hayden Christensen was awesome, and right. how dare right. you talk bad about Jake Lloyd? It's like. Okay, well, first off, right, right, like you know, our people are like, give Star Wars back to George Lucas. Did none of you remember what he did with it? Because I do. <laughs> right, right. JJ right. Abrams saved that franchise. Right, right. But yeah, like I said, I mean, everybody's going to bring their own different perspective. <clears throat> you know, just like people, people love Empire Strikes Back. I love Empire Strikes Back, but it was the one that Lucas didn't have as much. He he wasn't at the helm of it as much as he was the other two. He right. you know he gave over some of that creative, uh, the direction and and stuff that to uh, to Kirschman. Um, So, <clears throat> but and then, you know, I don't I don't wanna, I'm not going to spend time talking about George Lucas because pe other people have said more or less and worse <laughs> than I will say. But you know he he still created a world that we're still that's still telling stories. Right. And whether he executed that perfectly for every movie, no, but he still created a world that's still generating new content, even if it's is somewhat rehashing old content. Right. But it's working. There, there are not a lot of it. there are not a lot of people in history that can say they've done what George Lucas did or Stan Lee did. Yeah. Or, right. Or Gene right. Roddenberry did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they're they're you know, they've created a universe that has outlived them. Yeah, for sure. I and mean, obviously George Lucas is still alive, but I mean mm -hmm. it's it has evolved beyond them and taken on kind of a life of its own. Yeah. And and you know, in a way that I think just you don't get that out of a lot of stuff. Like a mm -hmm. lot of it, like you know, when that author passes or stops doing it, like that franchise just kind of dies where it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean you know? No matter who, no matter what other Star Wars TV show, movie, video game, book, whatever gets produced, you know, created, released in the next 20, 50 years, it will all go back to George Lucas and it still be his legacy. Even if he had nothing to do with what's happened in the last, you know, in the next 50 years with it, it still will tie back to him. So he did something right. Yeah. All right. Um. And for the just to end it off, well, yeah, let's skip that one. Um, what <laughs> fictional what fictional world would you like to live in? Hmm, that is a good question. Um, fictional world would I want to live in? Does it have to be a world or like a movie? Does it matter? It, it can. It doesn't. It's however you feel like answering. Okay. Um. 
<laughs> it's gonna be the first one that popped in my head. I would want to. I'd want to be with the Goonies. I would want to be oh. in that in that group of friends and the adventures that they probably continued to go on even after the one movie. Right. Uh, like either that one or Stand by Me. Like I like those close friendships. Um. Yeah, those are my those are my top two. All right. Well, I uh, I appreciate the time. Uh, yes, thanks sir. for thanks for sitting down with me. I know I've done a couple of episodes of your podcast. Yep. Yep. We got more to come. Yeah. Hopefully, some more to come. Um, but it's just you know I know we've we've um on Media Pod Smash our parent podcast the podcast that birthed pop culture roulette. Uh, mm-hmm. They were talking about uh, 80s flick not too long ago because you did the Friday the 13th and that that is their their specialty. <laughs> right. They right. they did a whole offshoot called Vamping About Voorhees or Vamping with Voorhees. Where okay. They, they did all but like the last two because they just ran out of steam and just couldn't bring themselves <laughs> to, to do those last two. Right. Um, and they were like, wow, Tim does so, such good research. He even had stuff we didn't know. So Oh, cool. Very cool. I try. I really try to do to try to dig pretty deep when I can. But some some of those movies are hard. It's not, some movies are tough. Like I'll think, oh, this is gonna be you know, good or bad. I will pick movies without doing any research first, and then it's like, oh, I got to record this podcast in two days. Let me start doing my research. And there's like, oh my gosh, there's nothing here. What are we gonna talk about? And we still find stuff to talk about. Like some days I've I've, I've mentioned before, I have like some episodes with like you know, 14 pages of notes. There's no way I can get through all of it. And then I'll have four pages on another, <laughs> on another movie. And we, and it still takes an hour, hour and a half to get through it all. So, um, oh. yeah, but that's all cool. Right. I'm glad, I'm glad they, they enjoy it. I'm glad they, they approve that, that, uh, I got some cred that <laughs> makes me feel good. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I mean, I know I say this at the, at the end of every one of these interviews, uh, and one of these days I'll sit down and figure it out. On, on how to end it because I'm sure I should come up with a different ending and I know what he's going to do because he's done it every time I'm going to start saying all this and if I say the phrase he'll end it and then I can't have all of this uh, preamble leading up to when I just say stupid never walks alone do you love movies of a certain age do you miss the days of VHS tapes and VCRs and video rental stores Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? If you want to go back to school, back to the future, or even back to the beach, then the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast is for you. I'm Tim Williams, the creator and host, and on each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host as we revisit a different 80s flick to discuss our first-time watch memories, iconic scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories along the way. New episodes drop every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast.